Hello and welcome to episode one of LRD Discussions. This week I'm joined by an old friend of mine from Liverpool who went stateside um, and he's currently just won his first boxing exhibition fight across the pond. Um, and to me, he's an absolute legend. No other than the name man himself, Mr. Chris Jones. How are we, mate? What an introduction, Liam. Freaking hell, mate. <laughs> you, you, clearly, you clearly don't know me that well after all this time. <laughs> no, great oh, to have you on. Yeah, great, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Good, good. Yeah, good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, great to be great to have you on, mate. So you're the uh, you're the first guest you'd be pleased to know, mate, on the uh, the pod. So uh, the way I want to do it is each each guest I get on, uh, just to explain to the listeners. Um, obviously, it's football based, so mm. you're either a fan, someone I've played with or coached with, or someone who's managed me. So mm. yourself being an Evertonian like me, mate, I thought. No place better to start than with a supporter like yourself. So yeah. So I just want to well, obviously. Go on, mate. Sorry. No, it's okay, mate. I just want to start with obviously our background. We go to match together uh, before COVID and whatnot. But obviously, you made a big decision in your life to move across the pond. Obviously, with work, but obviously you took up boxing as well within the past couple of years. Obviously, before you went. And obviously now you're out there as well. So I just want you to tell the, the listeners um, just about the transformation that I've seen, obviously on social media and whatnot, but how that come about more than anything, mate. Well, uh, as, you, as you said, mate, I, I started boxing, you know, just for a bit of fun. Um, I mean, I was going to this gym. I was trying to, again, trying to, well, let me just go back a little bit further. Like you've you've known me, Christ, a, lo- a long old time, um, yeah. and I've always been a, a you know was always a big lad. Um, I'd say about you know five six years ago, I was uh, you know doing uh, personal training sessions um, at this gym in town, and um, you know every whenever I was doing my you know weightlifting and whatnot, there'd be a boxing class on. Yeah, and. Um, I'd love to do that. I'd love to give that a go because you know I'd, 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 you know, always been interested in boxing, always been a fan, and knew very, very basics, but that's about it. But I, I really wanted to, you know, just, just something else to do. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And, you know, I gave it a go and I loved it ever since. Now, a bit of a disclaimer for for the listeners here, mate. I'm not a good <laughs> boxer. Don't get me wrong. I'm, yeah, yeah. Like this is literally a hobby. You know, yeah. and I never never claim to be any decent, any good at it, but I absolutely love it, really yeah. do. Um, so anyway, you know, I, I I've I've had a couple of like charity fights back home, just for again. Uh, one was many many years before I actually took it seriously, and then I did a charity fight, you know, and, and a lot of our mates came and saw it. Yeah, yeah. If I'm going to be honest, I made a bit of a tit of myself. <laughs> I didn't really, uh, nothing <laughs> nothing came off that I wanted to do. And, you know, I walked away from it feeling, you know, feeling really annoyed at myself and a bit let down, but also like, you know, determined to never let that happen again anyway. Yeah, um, I was going to, I was going to ask you about that. So obviously you've had a couple of fights back at home and, mm. Obviously, losing one, did that kind of spare you on to do it again? And obviously, 
you've gone stateside and you're well, up again. It, it spurred me on to to keep training while I was back home. Um, yeah. And again, still enjoyed it. Loved just absolutely loved going into the gym. And you know, I mean, I was going to, uh, you know, if you, your 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 guests will know the the gym No Limits, which is in town. Yeah. Uh, and it's you know amazing coaches great people that go there you know and i made some i made some really good friends um but again disclaimer i'm not a particularly great boxer i'm just enthusiastic you know what i mean it's nothing wrong with that mate nothing wrong that's it you know god God loves to try it don't he you know yeah absolutely um, (laughs) um, anyway you know that i i got an offer to to move out to uh, virginia with work um and i thought i'll give it a go so I mean, I'd, I've been here for for what three years now. Um, yeah, it seems a long, long time, mate. Yeah, yeah, it, it's really, um, you know, in some ways it feels like it's, you know, just flown by. In some ways, it feels like it's dragged. I mean, the past yeah. year especially, it's it's dragged. Um, I mean, you know, uh, how I really got back into boxing over here, um, you know, it's more of a, a mental health thing, really, mate. Um, yeah, you know the. I'm probably going to tell a story that not, you know, not a lot of even our mates know here. So, yeah. um, you know, they'll go for it, mate. And, you know, while I've, while I've been away, we, we unfortunately lost my stepdad to COVID. Um, yeah. As you, as you know, um, obviously yeah. there was that coupled with the fact I hadn't been home for so long and hadn't seen my family in so long. And, you know, and, and as per, and, you know, a lot of lads will listening to this will, will probably, know about you know there's uh I, I broke up with my bed and you know whilst a lot of lads when they break up with a you know with a girlfriend and whatnot they, they try and brush it off like it doesn't you know like it's no big deal it, it was a big deal and you know um all of these things adding up and you know my you know, i was quite clear that i was depressed anyway yeah um essentially mate i, I had somewhat of a, a breakdown i'm not gonna lie um i just i properly just lost it you know yeah i think that's um, quite uh quite brave of you to come out and say especially on a podcast mate so really respected yeah, for that i mean going we're going real deep and dark with your first episode no, here, no, but, uh, <laughs> i think but, you know it's it's it, it, if, if i just finish this off mate no I'll, I'll, yeah I'll yeah yeah be very quick is you know that the, the society in which we live in i do think things are getting better you know, lads speaking about this kind of stuff and, um, you know, being open with how they feel and, and seeking help if they need it. Oh, definitely, mate. But again, it's, it's, it's getting better, but there's still long ways to go. And all you can be is honest. First, you've got to be honest with yourself. And I, you know, I recognise the fact that I was going down a slippery slope. So, you know, I knocked the ale on the head. Um, and I was going to the gym anyway, but I wasn't really consistent. wasn't taking yeah. it seriously. So literally from a matter of days after like, you know, having some very deep, dark thoughts about things, um, I uh, quit the ale. Um, I don't think I had a, you know, saying that I had an issue with ale, but I, I think that it would have helped me put it that way. Yeah. You know, I knew, how, with how bad I was feeling, it wouldn't have done me any favours. So I thought, I'll right, well, have a couple of months off, you know. Yeah, take it easy um, on it. Yeah, exactly. You know, just have a bit of a break and then got myself back in the gym and, you know, I just kind of surrendered to the person that, that I wanted to become. You know what I mean? I always had this 
you know, there's always like an ideal in your head about the person you think you are and that you want to be. Um, yeah, the, sometimes the it could value, The value of an ideal that you hold. Huh? Yeah. I mean, before you know it, you're further away from those values and ideals than you actually, you know, realise. So I just kind of surrendered to, to sort of need to do to become that person. And, you know, part of that was also, you know, seeking help, getting therapy as well. You know, yeah, um, brilliant stuff. So I think for me, mate, obviously the next question comes from was boxing. I mean, I know obviously big Evertonians and football can help some people, especially people I know in terms of working alongside those mental health issues. Was boxing your mm-hmm. kind of release, was it, over there? And in a way, your well, therapy to have something to aim at to make yourself oh, a better version yeah. of you? Yeah, it, it absolutely uh absolutely helped me i mean obviously therapy came first and yeah one of the first things that 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 you know this this lady said to me who you know who i still i speak to every week now and um but she said you know what is it that you enjoy doing that that will just get you out of the headspace you're in even if it's for an hour or two i said well I'll, I'll, you know i love football and when you're over here you say football and then you've got to say soccer afterwards yeah explain yeah yeah. Oh God! But anyway, yeah, <laughs> I love football and whatnot. But I also love boxing. She goes, "Oh, are you part of a gym?" I said, "I am," but I, you know, I've not really been that much recently. She goes, "Okay, we'll get in there this week and see how you feel." Um, and it's one day after work, and I'm sat there, and I'm, you know, just kind of really in my head and in how I feel about things. And I just thought, right, I'm going to let some tension out here, and I went to the gym and when it hit hit the bags and yeah and from that point it was literally how it started out was just to release a bit of tension to kind of get out of my head for a little bit and you know a, a lot of people listen to this will have boxed before and I think when you're training um you start off your first few rounds if, if you go into the gym and you feel like you know I want to let out some aggression here that's how you start you know the first you know two three four rounds you're putting people's like you know you're putting people's faces on the heavy bag and thinking, all right, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I think, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and getting it out that way. But then after after those rounds, it, your head empties. It, you, it becomes almost like meditative, you know what I mean? You're, yeah, I was, was going to say, I mean, I, I've obviously done bits of training, uh, Thai boxing training with a, obviously a great fellow I know, Mr. Tony Chan, and you come out of uh-huh. his sessions and you just, you feel amazing after it. And I, I don't think any other sport or gym sessions replicate that feeling so completely on board with what you're saying there. So yeah, the the endorphins it gives you is oh, it's just unreal. And it's you unreal. Know all about it, but it with boxing it's about consistency. You know, you don't have to be the best in the world to enjoy it. You know what I mean? You, you've got to. You can't go in there maybe twice a week and think you're going to get better. You know, you've got to be consistent. And yeah, you know, I mean, I've. I've you know, I do want to kind of give a bit of a shout out to the gym if that's all right. I mean, you know, I yeah, go for it, mate. Called, called uh, Vintage Boxing in here uh, in Richmond, and um, you know, the guy that owns it, Eric, and a, a very good friend, manager there. Like the the kindness that those two fellas have shown me is just absolutely unreal. I mean, without me having to go into details, I mean, they knew something was wrong with me. They knew that I was going through something without me having to talk about it with them. Yeah, they could just tell, and the kindness that they've shown to me is amazing. And even in 
you know, this is this is less than a year ago, mate. And in that time, the gym has just grown so, so much. Yeah, I've, um, I've kept an eye on the page. On like yeah, brilliant. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant page. Loads of great, um, inspiring quotes as well. And if you're ever having oh, a bad, yeah, they, they, having a bad yeah, day, have a, have a look at it. Yeah, I mean, the, the Gareth, uh, he's, he's actually um, Northern Irish guy, freaking great fella. And I knew him before he, he worked at the gym. But, you know, he's every, every they're just so conscientious. And where, where Gareth and I are kind of in tune as well is, is when I quit the ale, I wouldn't have told him about the fact I didn't want to drink for a few months because he doesn't drink. Right, okay. So I was able to bounce a lot of things off him, you know, things I was you know, what I, what I was thinking about trying to maintain it. You just, just honestly, just see how you feel after a couple of months. Brilliant. Um, but Gareth, Gareth is, is great. You know, every, every night before he goes home, he's got, you know, writes these quotes on this whiteboard and puts them outside. But the German, you know, people, people walk past and just stop and read them. And you see that the faces change, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's really great what they're doing there. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, perfect, mate. So leading on to, obviously... I've seen your transformation on Instagram and I will probably put up a few pictures up on my page, mate. Uh, you do look <laughs> remarkably well and remarkably fit. How long did it take you in terms of obviously getting through that and getting to the point where the coaches you were training with said, right, Chris, we think you're ready for a fight? <laughs> well, and I mean, it's a bit of an odd one, this. I mean, <laughs> I, I, walked back into the, I walked back into the gym towards the end of... Uh, July last year, um, and this this exhibition was on Wednesday, just gone. But it was literally like I got a text the night before saying, "Oh, because uh, I knew they were having an exhibition, but it was you know I I wasn't on the on the bill or anything." Um, I got a text the night before from Gareth saying, "Listen, you might have to go on standby for us. We think someone might not be able to make it." Um, get the text the morning of the fight, like, "Okay, get yourself here for six o'clock." get in and uh yeah that was uh you know that was it and the guy i you know i got in there with is a another another mate of mine from the gym a guy called anthony yeah uh, we'd spar we'd sparred a couple of times you know and we're always really in, we always sit, don't stand there after sparring talking about what each other's done and how we can help each other even stopping each other on the bike and helping each other out you know that's the kind of community we've got there and and the friendship that Anthony and I have is just kind of, you know, it's exactly how everybody treats each other in that gym, and it's it's, it's absolutely brilliant. So it was, you know, I got I guess there, there was, I was meant to be fighting a, a different lad that changed. It was meant to be three two minute rounds. It changed to three three minute rounds. Um, that was meant to be the first fight. Ended up being the last fight of the night. Right. Okay. Yeah. It was, you know, it was all very kind of last minute and all very, um, you know. What's that like in terms of uh, preparation? Because obviously I can relate to that with my goalkeeping, but obviously it's a mm. bit different fighting-wise. What's that like? Obviously, you prepar- you're prepared. Obviously, you find out in the morning, yeah, fighting tonight. Yeah. But the, thing, yeah. the thing is, mate, if, you, if you're not prepared, what's the point in taking it? You know, I mean, I, I'm, again, without wanting to sound big-headed or, or arrogant or anything, mate, I, I knew I'm the, the fittest I've ever been in my life. Yeah, you know, you know outside of outside of the gym, I'm running. You know, I, I go running over weekend. You know, I do ten miles each day of a weekend, and I, I knew that I wouldn't that that I, if it if I wasn't ready at that point, then I wouldn't be. You know, so you know, I thought, 
just got to get in there, really. I mean, I had nothing, I had nothing to lose. You know, as, as it as it being an exhibition, there's, there's not really meant to be like a, a winner and loser. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's meant to be declared a draw because it's an exhibition, and you know, it was it was literally just a case of we were putting on a show for um, you know, for for an event that was going on, and yeah, you know, it it's just a case of. If I wasn't, if I didn't feel ready, I wouldn't have done it. But I was. When they asked me, I they, you know, there was More no than way ready. I was going to miss out. There was yeah. no way I was going to miss out. Like I was dying to get back in, and you know, it was. It's very, very strangely because I, when I thought about it after the fight, it was actually four years to the day from when I last had a fight back home. Um, and like it was, it, it was. Just, I didn't even realize it until afterwards. You know, I feel like I put that right. You know what I mean? I put that performance and that disappointment yeah. right you know yeah. like that's vindication you know what I mean so, so like, I was, uh, you know I was just going to say obviously I was just going to say obviously you lost the fight over here and you've I know you say it's it's meant to be classed as a draw where you are now but yeah. obviously all that training and hard work you've put in did you know at the end when the last bell went in the ring did you kind of think yeah I've come a long long way since then and yeah, I, I thought to myself, you know, you know, it's it, it's just a case of like that's just eleven months pure graft and yeah. pure surrender, really, mate. And if, if I can use that word, you know, it's, it's surrender into a process, surrender into to getting where you want to go. Um, it, it felt like uh, like it was like I deserved the chance, you know, in all honesty, to to put a few things right. To, to exercise some demons as well, you know. And, Perfect. Um, Brilliant stuff. It, 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 it was great, but, you know, that it's never over, do you know what I mean? It's on to the yeah. next thing now. You know, yeah, you, I was going to say, you don't, you don't you've, you've had a taste of that feeling. Is the next one another couple of exhibition fights maybe? And then, I don't know uh, the next I mean, yeah, I'm, again, I'm going back to a disclaimer at the start. Like, I'm not, I'm not particular, you know, I'm not the best in the world. But you know, if 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 anyone ever asked me to 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 go on an exhibition card again, I'd be only too happy. But yeah, the, I, I doubt very much I'll be fighting actually like competitively. You know, I am I am 34, as you know, and I do have to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, with <laughs> with black eyes and broken noses. I mean, when I first started work, I used to play rugby. And I was coming in limping, broken noses, everything, and then I thought, right, okay. So it, it literally is it's some it's for fitness, it's for fun, but I'd happily jump in if, if I was asked, you know. Brilliant, mate. And obviously it's had a great impact on your mental health as well. So even better. Even more better. More importantly than the fitness, more important than the physical yeah. health, really. You know? And hopefully that'll reach out to people listening as well, because uh, they can relate to your story, hopefully, because I know I've got a few mates who are keen on boxing as well so it's uh, good to relate to honestly mate if, if I can like recommend anything it's doing something that gives you a release you know not only re- I'm not even saying like something that allows you to be aggressive or whatever no, it's, you know con- having some a controlled release of your emotions yeah is, is it, you know even if you don't I, I'd say I call it meditative because you for that hour or 45 minutes, whatever, all you think about is boxing. So all the shit in your life, all the things that are, that make you feel like you're under pressure, make you feel the way you feel negatively, that goes away, even for that 45 minutes of time. And 
then you've got the endorphins coming through and, and, and the adrenaline and it's, you know, and that could go for any sport, you know, footy. We'll have yeah, I was just going to say. Footy will have the same, you know, effect. And, I was going to say, there'll uh, be a few goalkeepers listening to this, hopefully, so I think they yeah. can relate to that in terms of those hour, 90 minutes, whatever it is, yeah. session or a game where they're between uh, the posts. It's yeah, a bit it. different. And, and I know that you did an article for um, for uh, Turn Magazine, which is, you know, the product of our good mate, Darren Rimmer. Um, yeah. Um, you know, it was a fantastic article, mate. I, I've got to say. And, oh, yeah, I appreciate you know, that, mate. Just, bet- you know, just so you know, mate, I did actually give that a read when I was going through the shit right at the beginning. I did give it a read and it, it did help me a big, a big, a big, a big way. So, you know, just so you know that, mate. And, and, oh, perfect, um, mate. Um, glad it, glad it's reached um, out quite a few people. Yeah, but, and um, so, it's so, glad to, but, to be, it's good to be on a, on the same wavelength as someone, isn't it? You know, and, yeah. Because we go back so freaking far, you know what I mean? We've yeah, a few brilliant. Hearts over the years, like, we? <laughs> we have that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, we've had a good chat about what you're up to over there now, mate. So, the next part of the podcast for the listeners, obviously, it's football-based. Um, and, obviously, whether you've been a fan. Um, I don't know whether you want to have a quick chat about the Euros or whether you want to jump straight in, in terms of your goalkeeping heroes. Maybe. Um, I'll talk about what you want, mate. This is your, this is your show, mate. You tell me what yeah. you want to do. Well, we'll <laughs> straight into into um, maybe. I mean, what I want to get to is goalkeeping heroes. First person who comes to your head, first and foremost, and why. And then maybe someone who's a little bit, who you think uh, personally is a bit more underappreciated in the position. Yeah. Well, so I know hero, we... Goalkeeping heroes. Yeah. Yeah. What a legend to start with for episode one. I know, one. I, there's no other choices there. Um, no. And I mean, you know, I, I was a goal, goalkeeper when I was a kid. Um, I was obsessed with being in goal, you know, and everyone wanted me on my team because none of them wanted to go in goal and I was desperate. To yeah. Do. You know, I'd be <laughs> diving around on concrete, you know, everything, you know, and I loved it. Still and, like that for me now, nearly 30. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> Must have some uh, some scrapes and bruises, you may, but oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh the older you get, but but yeah. So what what, I mean, what is it what is it about Nev that uh, draw draws your attention to him first and foremost, mate? Well, I mean, it's the fact he was the Everton keeper, you know. In, yeah. and you you know all about this, mate. You know, as you as you as a kid, and you're getting to know more about Everton and. You be it, it does become a, an obsession, you know. And yeah. Nothing else really matters to you, um, and you know when you'd sit, I'd sit there with my dad as I'm getting to know more about football and sitting there watching games with my dad and asking him about, you know, about Everton before my time, and he'd just talk to me about, you know, uh, Neville Southall in the in before I was born and things like that, and his eyes would light up, still thinking about him, and you know. You go back and look at his performances, and he and he was world class. You know, especially, especially in in the the mid eighties when we were smashing it. Like you know, he was absolutely unstoppable. Some of those saves he made are just like mind blowing. And I mean, just beyond that, you know, when I was a kid, he he genuinely looked like he'd he'd finished the he'd finished one game and just started another. You know what I mean? He was he. Was, just yeah, I was going to say because didn't, didn't care less about anything, but then he'd still pop up with amazing saves. Yeah, I was going to say having 
a massive beer gut on your leg as well. Yeah, I was just going to say, just for the because obviously you're not from the 80s era of Evertonians no, or no, football. No. You're more like early 90s, aren't you? Mid-90s yeah. when he was probably coming towards the end of his days, but he was still up there, wasn't he, in terms of performances, yeah, consistency. I still and... remember the, the 95 Cup final when, you know, I'm obsessed with goalkeeping, obsessed with Everton, and the performance Neville Southall pulled off in that game. I remember just just being absolutely amazed by him because he knew he was past his best at that point. Yeah. And it was his ability to pull out this this performance that that was probably, let's be honest, beyond his capabilities and age, you know what I mean? And he, he was absolutely fantastic. You know, I'd had his I had his books, I had posters on the wall of him and everything and he, he did this book, um it wasn't his autobiography. It was it was it was a book about goalkeeping. Right, okay. It was called In Search of Perfection or something like that. And, right. Uh, my dad got it me for Christmas and, and I read it cover to cover about ten times. Like, <laughs> it was it was and he he had it was amazing. He had little training drills within this book. Um and me and my dad used to go down the park every Sunday and, and go through this book and do training. Yeah, practice those training drills, yeah. Um, you know, things like rolling the ball through your feet, you spin around and diving on it in case you got megged. You know, yeah. it, it was it was brilliant, you know. Um and I, I and I still love things about him now, this you know, the social causes that he gets involved with. Um, you know, you you you're seeing things all the time where he's looking out at protecting um, you know, protecting sex workers, you know, with support of the you know, yeah, he does a lot. And... Does a lot, doesn't he? Uh, I think he yeah. goes noticed by some people, especially in the media. But yeah, he's does a lot, especially for, like you say, sex workers. Um, he does a lot LB, for, yeah. yeah, the gay community and uh, yeah, yeah, and whatnot. But yeah, remarkable human being, mate. Uh, wish there was yeah. a lot more people like him. So yeah. to the, yeah. my next point, mate. Is there a goalkeeper? Who you think maybe doesn't get enough credit he deserves? Maybe he goes a little bit unnoticed. Um, could be passed yeah, off. I'm kind of going off script here, mate. Um, but uh, um, Campos, the the, the uh, Mexican keeper, yeah, um, well retired now. Um, and he retired in uh, two thousand four. He started out in eighty eight, and he was he was tiny, like five foot six. Um, yeah, I think and, I think you know. Then, Smaller than me, mate. So even I'm bigger than him. Yeah, he was. He was. He was a this keeper, a Mexican guy, and you know, I, I, again, being a goalkeeper as a kid, my dad would buy me all these these boss goalie shirts from, from wherever he could get hold of them. Uh, yeah, and he bought me a Campos jersey because he used to design his own kits with Nike. Right. Okay. Um, and like these, it was weird because it's the first time I'd ever seen a short sleeve. Goalie shirt. Goalie top, yeah. Yeah. They seem to be, uh, I mean, they seem to be uh, more common than long sleeve ones now. I think it, uh, nowadays, yeah. It's yeah. crazy, um, but, but he set the yeah. trend, didn't he? Ah, uh, it was great, and he, he he could finish as well. He was, you know, he could he could play as a striker. It was. I was gonna say, was I was having a look at his uh, career a bit before I come on air, and I think he's got something like thirty-four goals, and uh, okay, who the back of the net was like. Yeah, it's like obviously it said in, said about him. Uh, obviously, start games in goal, and if the team were comfortable, the manager would end up 
bringing the, mm-hmm. the sub keeper on and throwing them up top and some yeah. I think he, he scored like twenty odd goals in one season. I know it's Mexico and America, but even still, it's it's, it's some going that. Well, I mean, at it? home, at home, you don't hear his name mentioned ever. But you know, obviously Mexico, but obviously in the US, where you've got a big Latin community that are pretty mad. You know, he's, he's he's very very well respected. Like in, I I didn't even realize that he was in the. Um, do you remember that that Nike advert that that amazing one? Cantona blast a ball through the devil and put a hole. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was in net in that uh, for that for the good versus evil game. You know what I mean? I, I, right. I okay. Realise, you know. <laughs> um, but I, you know, it, it was just one of them. I just kind of, I, I always liked him as a kid because he was he was short and he he put himself about and he was flamboyant and he, you know, I, I just really liked. Uh, no, no one, you know, looking at looking at. A, a goalkeeper that was outside what we were used to, you know, in English football. You know, yeah, they, I think, uh, I was just going to say, I think goalkeepers in general, everyone seems to have this, uh, you know, this idea that they've got to be six foot five, six foot six, mm-hmm. wide, uh, got everything. But I'm, I'm all for the shorter lads, mate, and the shorter girls out there who want to play in goal because they can do it. And it's just about different technicalities for me personally. And, how you yeah. play and play between the sticks a bit differently? Yeah, that's it. You you just adapt to to what you cap- what your capabilities are, and also the game in front of you as well. Um, yeah, that's it, mate. You know, and I I always I was into again being a goalkeeper as a kid. I was interested in how to get better at it. Yeah, you know, playing for the playing for the you know the the juniors team I was playing for, and you know I did I did enjoy watching like you know my, my dad was really supportive of me as a goalkeeper. You know, he'd buy me buy me these shirts when he could and buy me videos and things like that and books and you know, I I I I really liked Campos because of his because uh, he, he he technically that's how he how he was so successful. You know, we 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 I was just talking about what we were used to in the Premier League at that time, you know, you've got like so you know, <laughs> of big Nev, freaking David Grisovic, yeah. you know what I yeah. mean? Big giant. <laughs> these yeah. old, big, big, often fat lads, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, you're spot on. You know, and it's, uh, so to see that little, that, that little fella bouncing around everywhere and finding the back of the onion bag as well, it was, it made me <laughs> think that like, you know, you can have, you can have flamboyant goalkeepers, they don't have yeah. to be, I think he ticks know. all them boxes, mate, doesn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, brilliant, brilliant choices, mate. Uh, with both Big Nev and Campos, uh, I don't think many other listeners will be too familiar with Campos. So it's a great shout. Um, just to wrap things up a little bit now, mate. So obviously um, we go back a long way as friends, but um, there's a couple of times you've obviously played football with me. Nothing too serious. Um, yeah, before... I'm shite at it, like. <laughs> <laughs> before the listeners get. Uh, get wind of anything but yeah just I just want uh, want you to tell the listeners obviously how you see me both as a player um, obviously playing on the same team as me and against me um, albeit not very seriously but and also how you see how I've developed as a coach through obviously being across the pond so the only things you're seeing are videos and different drills and discussions and whatnot so just just a bit curious of how you see how far I've come in terms of both playing yeah, and... Yeah, well, I mean, first things, thing. firstly, first things firstly, I'm like, 
as as one of my mates, you know, I'm immensely proud of what you've done with LRD. Like it's amazing to see how the progression of, of what you're trying to do and and you know, I'm sure the listeners are, are familiar with the fact that you work with uh, you know, the marine women's team as well and yeah. Just where you've you've come from just doing little drills with uh with Disco Dean in the park, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> it's, it's crazy. For the listeners, I appreciate Disco that, Dean's another mate of ours, like but we, you know, when I played footy with and against you, it was more a case of like I, I was really impressed at how focused you were at all times. Um, right. Okay. You know, you 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 paid attention to everything happening in the game. You know, and you get a lot of goalkeepers that are they almost kind of put the ball and drive at them, which it means that you have to come into play. Um, yeah. And you know, you you were clued in and you would see these things you know, happening from early on and try and help the players in that area of the park and avoid that, that happening, you know. So it's, I always noticed how switched on you were at all times and, and the athleticism as well, mate. Like it was, you're clearly dedicated to, to becoming a better goalkeeper every day and that shows, mate, the effort you put in and you, you, you're kicking every ball and living every, you know, every every movement on the, on the pitch and it's just a case of, yeah, Focus, passion, and enthusiasm, I'd say, is what I noticed about you as a player, mate. Oh, brilliant, mate. Um, I'll, I'll take all three of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, you, you, and as a coach, you know, and that is something I kind of noticed when we played together as well. You know, if you saw something you felt that someone could do better, you know, you you weren't dishing out bollockings, which, like, I go, I know, please don't get me wrong, I know you're capable of dishing out bollockings. <laughs> If it needs be, but I mean, you were taking lads to one side and saying, you know, they, they try this instead, or you know, rather than just giving someone an absolute roasting on the pitch, you were you were trying to pass on that that knowledge in a in a better way, you know, and it, it that was really good to see. It's something I, I noticed. Um, I think it was like one of the first games we played together. I noticed that. And I thought, all oh, right, and it made me feel like shit because I gave some lad a bollock and who'd never met before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <Joke and> cheese. <laughs> oh, that's it, mate. You know, but you know, it's one of them. As soon as the game's over, it's all forgotten about. You yeah, know? absolutely. And seeing what you're doing on Instagram with 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 your goalkeeping videos and all that, you know, it's it's really impressive. And again, you're clearly dedicated to to what you're trying to do and what you're trying to build. And you know, it's 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 really good to see, mate. And it's quite clear that you love it as well. And you know, it's. Uh, it's really good to see, you know, to see one of your one of your good good mates doing something they enjoy so much. It's it's just you know gives you a nice little uh, nice little feeling, you know. Oh, brilliant, they appreciate that. Problem? Well, yeah, kind words, mate. Very kind. <laughs> Try my best, man. <laughs> no, so uh, yeah, I'll just finish up, really, mate. Um, obviously, stateside for now. Uh, I take it, are you getting much of the Euros in? Um, have you got a tip in terms of who's going to win it? Um, goalkeeper, Ooh. you might think, could be I the mean, for a team that does win it. I think that, you know, obviously the favourite's Belgium. Yeah. And what I, if Belgium are going to win it, it, Courtois needs to be on blob after every game. You know, yeah. Oh. There's one thing I noticed about Courtois is over the years he does have a mistake in him. As as solid as he is, like seventy percent of the time, I still think he's got a mistake in him. Um, yeah. 
Um, but my kind of dark horse tip is Italy. I know they played the, the first game and played really yeah, well did, against Turkey. Yeah, they watched it, Italy last night and they looked, they looked really good, didn't they? They look, they look good. I mean, I, I do think that that... that at the Stadio Olimpico, I was surprised to see the ball move so slowly. I, I thought that the pace of the game, the, just the way that they were trying to move the ball, I, I just felt like the ball wasn't moving particularly well at that pitch. But that's just a, that's just by yeah. the by. But um, like the, you know, Italy is like it's the first time in years that they've won every game in qualifying, and they've got a really good unbeaten run that stretches way back beyond that. You know, and I, I, I think they're a dark horse. Now, obviously, you kind of you. You and I talk every day in our, you know, in our group of lads that you know we all go go the game together. Yeah. Uh, whenever England play, all we do is moan about how shite England are um, <laughs> and how boring they are. Um, I mean, obviously, you want to do well, but you know, as every, you know, as, as most anyone listening to this knows, and certainly if there's Evertonians listening, you know, we'll always put Everton before England, and that you know, you obviously want them to do well, but it's going to be a case of round of sixteen. Out with a whimper, I think. But you know, you you can wait and see. But uh, you know, all, all in all, I'd say my dark horse is Italy. Is Italy? Yeah, it's going to be the favourites. And yeah, England will. Yeah, go out with a whimper. Sixteen. Yeah, go out with a whimper. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant stuff, mate. No, uh, that's pretty much it, guys. So just want to say big thanks for being my first guest, Chris. Uh, love catching up with you. Uh, brilliant thanks. story oh, with it. Absolute pleasure, mate. Really was, and, and thanks a lot for thinking on me. And no problem, yeah, at all, mate. Uh, it's uh, it's you know really really good to to be part of it, mate. And you know if uh, yeah any any time at all, any time at all. Brilliant stuff, mate. Well, that's it, guys. So thanks for listening to episode one. Um, and hopefully next week I'll have another guest on, and I'll keep you posted who that will be throughout the week. So thanks again to Chris and. Speak soon from LRD Discussions.